for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, praise God. Take your Bibles this morning and go to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to once again uh, hit your thinking this morning and uh, as we try to line up with the Bible, say the Bible. How many know it's good to line up with the Bible and not a bunch of other stuff that you may have learned or been taught before? So the kingdom of God is actually a government, and then that government operates like a regular government. It's just a spiritual government. And you, if you are here this morning, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. You are a spirit being. Say, I am. I am. A spirit being. Well, that means that you're never really going to die. You are going to live forever and ever and ever, and after that, a long time, even after that. Praise God. So you've got to understand that you are a spirit being, and we're part of a spirit kingdom, which is called the kingdom of what? Kingdom of God. Very good. All right. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you. Look at verse 33. Uh, Jesus is speaking, of course, he just went through, why do you worry about this? Why do you worry about that? Why do you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink? And in Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you now since I've been born again and been in the church over my first few years when I was trying to live in Christianity basically at that time people were coming up to me who'd been Christians a long time and they were talking about how hard Christianity was oh it's hard brother ever heard that oh it's hard brother it's hard it's hard it's hard and everybody's tell me how complicated it is and how tough it is and how everything is. But notice, Jesus simplifies your whole lifestyle after you come in the kingdom of God with verse 33. He just gives you two things to do. Say two things. He tells you to seek first, your priority, the kingdom of God or God's rule in your life or God's commands in your life and his righteousness. In other words, your rights in that kingdom. How many of you know if you live in the United States and you are a citizen, you have rights? Yes. They belong to you. They are your rights, praise God. Well, in the kingdom of God, his righteousness, right alignment with him, his rights. And notice what will happen. All things what? Added. All things will be what? Added. So if I do the first two things, all things will be? Added. Now, when I got born again and basically was in what I like to call Christianism rather than Christianity, at that time I spent most of my time praying for things. Lord, I need a house. Lord, I need a car. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. But he tells you here not even to think about that. He tells you if you'll just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things that I prayed for for years will be added unto me. So notice there was a result of me doing the right things. I wasn't seeking first the kingdom. I was seeking first things. I was using the kingdom to get the things, but then I found out if I just sought the kingdom first and his right standing in that kingdom, that the things that I need would take care of themselves and will actually follow you. If you look in, even in the Old Testament, it says when you walk in the blessings, the blessings of God come and they overtake you. They outrun you, praise God. You can't get away from them. They're chasing you down. So notice things will come into your life at that time. So Jesus simplified it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's rule, God's government. Seek your rights and your rights standing in that kingdom. And you will no longer have any worries in your life. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Look at it. He's just talking about worry. Why do you worry? Why do you worry? Why do you worry? I'll tell you, quit worrying. Just seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and you won't have any more worries because all of these things will be. Now, the question this morning, are you a kingdom person or a worrier? Because obviously you can't be both. So which are, are you worried all the time? If you're worried all the time, it's because you're trusting in the wrong thing. We could stop right there and spend the rest of the day. You got to take that home and just work on it if you wanted to. Yeah. 
He says you don't have to worry anymore because you're part of the kingdom of God. See, we don't seek things. We don't pursue things. We rule things. You're not in pursuit of anything. God has already given you so many stuff. We just sang it. Everything that you need, he's already given me. But we don't believe it. We just sing it. So God has provided all these things for us. So notice the destiny in your life, for your destiny, say I have a destiny. Your destiny is basically the kingdom of God. And people say, well, what if I'm a dad? Well, let me tell you what to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things. What if I want to be a pastor? Let me tell you what to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to be a good wife. Let me tell you what to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It's for everybody. Say, it's for me. So your destiny is basically according to God to seek the kingdom of God first, basically his government. And at that time, basically, and when Jesus came, Jesus not only brought the kingdom with him, he then demonstrated the kingdom. Why did he demonstrate the kingdom? So that we couldn't live like that? No. So that we could live like that. He was showing us what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. So in Genesis chapter 1, God created mankind, gave him dominion, gave him power, gave him rulership at that time, told him to go and rule the earth at that time. And how many know man went to the earth and they were in rulership until they disobeyed God. And when they did, they fell from authority and they fell from rulership. So man's purpose, if you notice, was never religion. I'm going to say this too. Your goal and your destiny is not heaven. When I was in the church, all I was told is you're born again now. Do your best so that you get to go to. You're saved now and someday you're going to get to go to. But if you study the four gospels and you read them, Jesus hardly ever mentioned heaven. Going to heaven, being in heaven, doing anything in heaven. All he talked about was the kingdom of God is like. Let me tell you what the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is if, let me tell you what the kingdom of God is. What did he do? He stressed the kingdom of God because he taught the kingdom of God. Now up to this point, I haven't found too many churches preaching the kingdom of God. But here's what I thought. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Come on, is that right? So praise God here. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about a lifestyle that is available to us. Religion basically keeps you out from operating in the kingdom of God. Religion is basically, for me, it was a way to appease or please a God who then would somehow reward me. God, I went to church on Sunday. I went Wednesday. I went Thursday. I prayed each morning. And bless God, you owe me that new car that I've asked for by now. You should give me that. You should, I should have that. I've pretty much earned that. So it was all about pleasing God, all about appeasing God, all about making God happy, all about trying to get something from God. So basically, people who live in religion, because things aren't working very good down here, would rather die and go to heaven. Kingdom people want to stay here and rule the earth. If your mentality is getting out of here, then you don't have a kingdom mentality. The kingdom mentality is you have been put here to dominate here on the earth realm, and you have a purpose to do that while you are here now basically adam was called here to rule the earth he was here in rulership but then of course he and notice notice adam never had a religion adam never mentioned i'm going to heaven adam simply sinned and when he did he lost the kingdom he lost his authority and he lost his dominion and his rulership here on the earth how many know they gave that to the enemy so what did jesus do he came back to restore what adam lost say he came back to restore what Adam lost. Did Adam lose religion? No. Then he didn't come back to restore religion. Did he lose heaven? Was Adam even ever in heaven? No. So he didn't come back to restore heaven. He came back to restore what Adam lost, and Adam lost dominion, and Adam lost a kingdom. That's why Jesus brought a kingdom back, basically, because why God never changes his purpose. 
No matter how much you mess up in your life, he's still gonna be heading you towards the purpose that he created you to do, no matter how many times you mess up. So if you mess up, just confess the mess up and move on, praise God. He don't care, he don't care where you've been, he cares where you're going. See, that's why it don't matter what you did before you got born again. Don't matter how bad you were, how terrible you were, everything you did, doesn't matter to God at all. He's got an end plan for you. He knows what that end plan is, and he wants you headed towards that purpose that's in your life. Because not only will it fulfill his plan, but it will fulfill you. Outside the purpose of God, there is no fun living. Why do people commit suicide? No purpose. Why am I here? What am I doing here? Eh, who cares? I'm getting out of here, praise God. But that's not it. You were born in this time and in this period of time because God has got you here for a purpose that nobody else could take care of at this time. And as you seek his kingdom and find out what he wants you to do and live in your heavenly rights in that kingdom, you find your slot. Yes. And once you find your slot, it seems like you stepped in a river that's running downhill. In religion, I was swimming uphill. <sighs> Going nowhere. Every time I'd swim for two days, I'd just float back and be in the same spot that I was. Because religion is not a bunch of works. It's not a bunch of uh, doing this for God or doing that for God or getting God to like you. Let me tell you, he already likes you. Even while you were yet a sinner. Come on, if he died for you then, he must like you a little bit now. Come on. We say, oh, I failed and God doesn't like me anymore. He's not into liking you or disliking you. He loves you, has a purpose for you, and you're part of his plan. So he needeth you. He needs you here. He needs this one here. It's like a puzzle. He needs one here because he's got the plan here, but he needs all the pieces in place in order to do that, praise God. Why does God heal people? He heals them when he loves them, but if you check the Bible, a lot of places he heals them for his sake. Why his sake? Because it's his purpose. And if he heals you, he needs you healthy. He needs you wealthy. He needs you to carry out the plan that God has placed in your life because he wants you to get to the finish line because it's his finish line. And you're going to live forever. Say, I'm going to live forever. Now, when I want, we always think of life down here as a, as a duration. It's not. It's a donation. It's a donation. It's this small piece of time from born to 70. This is your don- donation of time here in the natural world in this earthly body suit. Get done what you want to get done, but that's sure not the end of your time. Trust me, when you get out of here, you've got a long way to go. Have you ever tried to meditate on eternity? Have you ever thought about that? I'm thinking, well, we're all going to be doing something afterwards. I don't know what I'm going to be doing for eternity. That's a long time, you know. We're so pressed into time, but see, God don't have any time. God never put himself, except for his son, in an earth suit and time. God's been already through all eternity and forever, and he knows everything. Uh, One day I was talking to God, and I was talking about my future, and he says, don't worry about your future because your future is my past. I said, what? He said, yeah. Your future is my past. I've already completed what you did. I know the end from the beginning, and I know the plan that I have for you. That's why I got you born. When you think about it, man, it sometimes just boggles your mind. So I get born, and mom and dad got together, and basically they did a little bit of something, and all at once all these little sperms start rushing towards that egg, and according to the thing, there's like four to six million of these things going, rushing towards there, and let me say, I got there first. So look, I'm a winner. Whether, you, whether I do anything else in my life, I am a winner because I got there first and I was born. So here I am and God's got a plan and all at once God says, well, he's going to need a good woman by his side who can help him and who can do it. So about five years later, all at once, Becky's mom and dad got together and all these little sperms start rushing towards the thing and God says, let's see, which one was going to be the best help for him? And that one right there. And it was Becky and she was the first one there. Notice how he planned. And each one of you were born and you ended up here. 
what's your chances? Come on, we're where you were born, where you grew up, where you're at to be here right now in this place. I mean, you could be anywhere right now. You don't even have to be in this state, much less this church. But somehow you ended up here. Some of you are older people who've been here. Some of you are newer people who be here. But you got here. There's somehow you got here. And I'll tell you what's because God has a plan for you from the time that you won the race. Out of all them millions to get there first, to God picked that one out, and you are, he said, that's the one I need. That's the one. They need associates pastors. Let's see. Let's see. He's only 10 years old, but I got to get somebody here who, and all at once, where were you, California? All at once in California, a couple gets together. I had no idea they were going to be my associates pastors. Are you following me? But God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had how we got hooked up, how happened. We don't even know what happened. Basically, we're at right now because God has a plan. And it's a good plan, and he knows how to execute that plan. So the more you get in the kingdom of God and the more you get off the heavenly-minded attitude and get on the earthly rule attitude, the more you're going to cooperate with God. The more you cooperate with God, the more he's going to reveal to you what you need to do next. What's coming next? Well, I can't do that, Lord. Don't worry. I'm bringing somebody. Uh, 25 years ago, they, they, they are on their way, praise God, already designated for all this stuff set up. Your money's already set up. It's already here, praise God. God's already got it. People say, well, I don't have any money. You've got a bank account in heaven, according to the word. See? How many, how many of you got $1,000 in your pocket right now? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you got some money in the bank, though? So you got money in the bank. You just ain't got it on you right now. Well, I found out on earth realm, sometimes I ain't got the money on me, but I got a bank account that I can go to and make a withdrawal from. And when I make that withdrawal for me, it pays all my bills and takes care of the church and takes care of everything else. So why should I worry when the name on my bank account is God? Now, I've never checked his background. I never checked his bank statements, but I'm sure that he has plenty for this place, for you, for me, for everybody else, because we're in a kingdom, and it's his responsibility as the king to basically take care of his people. So the church has been preaching this, they've been preaching that, and none of this stuff is bad. The anointing is not bad. All the stuff that we preach isn't bad. But the final thing you need to preach, and the main thing, is the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus came as a kingdom. So did Mary get pregnant by the Holy Ghost? Yes, she did. Was Jesus born? Yes. Uh, we sing Christmas songs. We rejoice in that. Did he die on the cross? Yes. Praise God. Was he raised from the dead? Yes. But notice, each one of these are a piece to God's plan of restoration back to mankind, his authority and dominion, basically, and that comes basically by the kingdom of God. So was the cross important? But the cross isn't the end. We've preached cross the end. Are you born again? Yes. Good for you. You're going to heaven. Now do whatever you want. You've got no purpose here. Just live like the devil if you want to keep repenting and everything's going to be fine for you. Well, notice that isn't the end. That was the beginning of your entrance into a kingdom lifestyle and a kingdom purpose that God has placed in your life. Now your responsibility is to find out what he's asked you to do in this little donation of time that you've got. And we don't know when it is. Some people die young. Some people get upset. I've known people who finish their purpose young. Right. So right. they got out of here. Oh, it's terrible they died. No, it's not. They were done. Why not go home? Praise God. Why not go up to heaven? Do you see? So basically you had a duration of time to do it. If you get sick, God wants you healed because your duration's not done yet. If you need money, he wants to get money over to you to the kingdom of God because you need money to do this, do this, do this. He's going to bring people in to help you if, you if you just follow the kingdom of God and follow the right people because he has a plan and a purpose and he wants everybody involved in the thing. So Calvary is not the end of the gospel like it's been. Calvary is a part of the plan of God to restore to mankind the kingdom of God that now belongs to them. Praise God. All right, go to John 17. My God, I'm still on page one. Come on now. <laughs> Guys are messing with me this morning already. 
All right, John chapter 17, look at verse 14. Jesus says, I have given them, talking about the disciples and the people to come, thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this what? world. So here's mankind. He's created back in Genesis. God's plan and God's purpose before Adam even fell was for man to come and, and execute authority and manage, say manage, manage the things on the earth. That's what we were put here to do as rulers of this kingdom. Now notice, God never says that you should have dominion over or rule over any person. Should have dominion over things, not people. If you don't know how to rule over things, you're going to try to find something that you can rule over, and you end up in manipulation. Because you, on the inside of you, there is a strong urge on the inside of you to rule. And that's not wrong. God put that in there. Do you understand? You were born that way. And if you can't rule your finances, can't rule this, can't rule that, you'll start manipulating people so that you can rule other things in your life through that people who you're manipulating. Are you following me? So basically, we're, we're in a financial difficulty, and we need a couple hundred dollars, and praise God, I've got a rich aunt. So I call my rich aunt, and I say, we don't want any money, but you know, if we don't get $200, we're all going to die, lose our house, lose our car, everything else is going to be terrible. But we certainly ain't looking for any money at this time. You know what we're doing? We're believing God. And we just know God's going to come through in this situation. We just know that we know that we know that he's going to come through in this situation. And what are you doing? Because you can't control and manage your own finances. You want to manipulate somebody else to give you. And I'll tell you what, even if you get the 200, you'll need 200 again next week. Because you're not managing your thing, you're manipulating to get your. Are you following me? That's why, you know, in this country, for a while, everybody was on welfare. They were manipulating the government, basically. Why should I work when you're going to give me money, praise God? And they couldn't manage the money that they got anyway, so they needed more money, so they had to give them more money. And notice, whatever's in your little sphere, I mean, if you want to be a worldwide ministry and change the world, start in your own house. Start with your own little bank account, your own little wife, your own little kids, and everything else. And you do all them things the kingdom way. And as you do them the kingdom way, it will advance and it will grow and God will give you more responsibility because if you're faithful with little, he gives you what? Much. Much. So notice here it says, Jesus prayed that they would stay here. Say, Jesus prayed that I would stay here. So notice, heaven is not your destiny. Heaven doesn't need you. (laughs) Have you ever heard that? Religious statement, well, somebody died, my eight-year-old died because God needed another angel in heaven. No, he don't need no more angels up there. He's got plenty of angels, and the kid ain't an angel anyway. He's a person. God doesn't need you up there. He's in rulership up there, and from what I hear, he's doing okay. He's not getting a bunch of people up there for counsel of what to do next and how to control heaven. No, he's in charge in heaven, and he is a king. How many of you know that you are a king? Yes. Here on the earth. Let's go to Revelations 5. I better show you this. I submit to you, even when you get to heaven, you're not going to be totally happy because you're not fulfilling your purpose of ruling on the earth. If that's a purpose God placed on the inside of you in heaven, I mean, that's not your total thing. That's not your purpose. You may be all right up there. There may not be sickness, may not be any of this stuff, but still you're not fulfilling your purpose because you're not on the earth doing what God created you to do. Are you following me? All right, look at Revelations chapter 5. 
Look at verse 6. It says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, every one of the harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints." And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals, therefore, and thou wast slain, and has redeemed us to God by thy blood, and out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. Did he make you a king and a priest? Yes. All right, look at the last verse. And we shall reign where? On the earth. On the earth. So even after you die, you live a good life, you die, you get things done, you go to heaven, you're not going to stay there. People say, I can't wait to die and be with Jesus in heaven forever and ever. Don't worry, you're not going to be. Because you're going to go to heaven. That's just a holding place for you to come back to the earth and carry out what God told you to do to begin with and continue to do it. Are you following me? We're not going to stay up there. And I'll tell you why. You're a king down here. If I die and go up there, I'm no longer a king. The only one king. You may be a prince. You may be a prince, but you're not going to vote him out. You're not going to kick him out. He the king. So you're a prince. Watch. Everybody wants God to come down here. The day he does, you lose your kingship down here. Because he become the king and you become the prince. So that's why he the king up there and you the king down here. So when you die and go up there, you're a prince. Uh, there's no sickness, no disease, but you've got a longing in your heart to get back down here and do. Remember when it talks about uh, Jesus coming back? And when he comes back, he's going to raise the ones that are here. But he's also going to bring back the saints from heaven. Why? If they're going to live there their whole life. Why leave them there? Just leave them there. I'll go get them. You guys stay right here. I'll go get them, bring them up here. No, he brings them back with him. Why? Because mankind was born to rule in the earth realm, and that's your calling is to be here, and you're going to end up here sooner or later. I don't care what age you die and go to heaven, the call of the kingdom of God is for you to come into the kingdom of God, and by being the kingdom of God, oh, we're just going to go up to heaven, somebody always told me, and we're going to worship around the throne. And I thought, for eternity? I like worship, but I don't know if I like it that well. And we're going to bow down and worship. We're going to bow down. Yeah, some of that stuff may go on, but God didn't create you. The Bible never said it. Man, God created man to worship around his throne. And God created man and gave him prayer and worship around his throne. No, God gave him dominion, gave him authority, and gave him a kingdom right down here on the earth. So God's plan never changes no matter when man messed up. What did he do? Basically, if you look at the mess up, the Bible says the woman is the one basically who gave it to the man. How many of you know that? So basically, according to the Bible, she was the one who was deceived and gave the apple to the other. But then in another verse, it says, one of the, one of the epistles that I could never really understand until I started studying this, what it says, it, it said Adam, and then it said the woman was deceived, but she shall be saved in childbearing. Do you ever read that scripture? I thought, that's the dumbest scripture I've ever seen. I don't know what that's doing in there. Have you ever thought that when you read a scripture? But notice what happened. So as soon as it happens, God goes and says, there's a seed coming from a woman... So the same woman that caused, in part, the fall was going to produce a seed so that she could be saved herself through childbearing, through the Jesus or the seed that she was going to have. So he said, I'm going to produce a seed. What's that seed going to do? That seed is going to come and bring the kingdom of God back to mankind, give man his authority back and entrance to the kingdom of God. How's he going to do that? Part one, he's going to be in a virgin. Part two, he's going to walk the earth. Part three, he's going to suffer and die. Part four, he's going to be raised from the dead. Part five, he's going to be sent up to heaven. Part six, he's going to send the Holy Ghost. God's plan is to get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. 
He has to get the Holy Ghost in you. Why? Because it's your only connection with the home country. You can't pick up your cell phone. I know it does a lot of things. But you can't dial Father God and say, are you busy today? How's things going? No. You've got to do that through a spirit, spirit to spirit. So God had to get the connection of mankind, which he lost, which was the Holy Ghost, Adam lost, and put it back on the inside of you. So now you have a connection. And your connection is spiritually through the Spirit of God on the inside of you with heaven itself. That's why tongues is so important. See, you lost your heavenly language. But now you've got your heavenly language back. Amen. Hallelujah. You may not understand it, but you've got it. So what am I doing? Now through the Holy Ghost, I'm connected on the inside, and I'm connected to heaven itself. So I can hear God prompting me. I can hear God talking to me. I can hear God telling me what to do. I'm following the Spirit of God. I'm hearing the Spirit of God. The power of God's on the inside of me. Because you are the one in rulership down here. Say, I'm the one in rulership down here. We all know the Scripture says, for whatsoever God binds on earth... Is that what the scripture says? Yeah. No, it don't. It says whatsoever you bind on earth. Right. Whatever you bind on earth, heaven will say okay. Whatever you loose on earth, heaven will say okay. So if you want to lose negative talks, dickness, and disease, heaven can't do nothing about it. But if you want to release healing and the power of God and who you are, heaven going to back you up every single time. See? It's what you bind. It's what you loose. It's not up to God, although God's getting the blame for 95% of the things that are going on. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 9. I mean, I was in religion for years and years and years. And I'll tell you what religion does, controls you. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. If you've got to do this, you've got to do that. What is it doing? It was cramping me. It was get, I was thinking, I think, God, I'm going to go to hell. I can't even move. I do something wrong. I'm going to. I mean, I can remember when I first got saved and when the Spirit of God came on the inside of me and all these things that I did stupid, which were multiplicity millions. <laughs> kept coming up to my mind, and, and I'd run back. That poor priest, he probably quit. <laughs> I ran back to him, and I confessed the sin. He said, don't worry about it. That's okay. You know, you, you came to the confessional the other day a long time ago, and all them, whether you said them or not, okay. And I'd go back home, and I'd get another one. And I'd call him up, and I'd run in there again. He'd probably think, oh, my God, this guy going to be up. Problem. Why is that? Because I thought in order for me to be set free, I had to go through him right. to get my forgiveness. Then all at once I found a scripture. Say a scripture. I know scripture will change the way you think. I found a scripture said, if I confess my sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all. Woohoo! I said hallelujah, and I think that priest yelled hallelujah someplace. See, but, but religion is designed to keep you trapped. It's designed to keep you in there. It's designed for you to follow traditions and rules that are there, basically, so that you're always checking on yourself, always seeing yourself, always seeing what to do. And I'll tell you what, if you're in religion, a lot of times they'll teach sin because sin is good business. <laughs> See, if you let the Holy Ghost clean up your mess, you ain't going to need that anymore. So God forbid, you can get a little bit better, but don't get real good. Come on, you know, I'm telling you the truth. Come on. If you get out there and you're praising God and you're flowing and you hardly ever sin anymore, it, you, he don't need you anymore. You don't need to bring your sins when you ain't got any. There's times I used to think them up, make them up. Didn't you? Because you were supposed to. I was supposed to have sins. So I'll just, it had to be something I did wrong in the last week. Let me go. I guess I kicked that one dog that ran through my yard. I guess that would be a sin. 
See, but notice, this frees you up. Let me read it. Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Who is that? Jesus. And unto us a son is given. Who's that? Jesus. And the what? The what? The what? Notice, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be what? All right, so here it talks about Jesus coming. Jesus, it says, came back to bring religion. He came back to bring heaven to mankind. No, he came back to bring what? A government institution, just like a regular government. Every government you see all over the world right now is trying to be like the government of heaven, but the problem is man is so corrupt it'll never work out. Democracies won't work out. Kingships, any kingship it is, the guy sooner or later takes over everything and wants everything. But we're in a kingdom. We got a king who's benevolent, a king who's loving, a king who's forgiving, a king who wants the best for you, a king who wants to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, a king who wants to heal your body, a king who wants you in great shape 24 hours, seven days a week, because you don't need any of your stuff. It's all his stuff anyway. See? But you look at the world and you see these dictators and you see this stuff. If you hear a kingdom, you go, <laughs> But no, that's not the type of kingdom it is. So notice, he came to bring a government. Say a government. A government. Say a government. a government. Now you were born to rule and you were born to manage. So Jesus brought back the kingdom of God. He brought back the government to you. He brought back a thing where you can rule her. And here, here's the problem. Since you're called to rule, whether you're born again or not, and when you get born in the kingdom of God, that desire is still on the inside of you. That means you want to be in rulership in everything in your life. The problem is Christianism has taken us into a place of trying to pray things to get things from God, and we don't get them. So most of us are living in bondage to everything else other than ruling everything else. Come on, we're in bondage to our mortgage system, to the bank. We're in bondage to the car dealer because we owe on the car. We're in bondage to our boss because he's our, our boss and we've got to do whatever he says. You're in bondage to everybody else, but you're not called to be in bondage. You are called to rule, praise God. How many of you want to be debt-free? Want to be totally debt-free? It's okay. That's your destiny. People say, don't say that. Why not? That's what you were created to be. That's who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be debt-free. You're supposed to be happy. People get mad when you're happy. Don't you know you're supposed to be suffering for Jesus? Jesus suffered enough for both of us, praise God. I don't have to do that anymore. What is that religious activity to try to get you to do things you don't have to do that mess you up and basically take away your kingdom authority? That's why people feel frustrated because your life's being controlled by everybody else. Wouldn't it be nice? I mean, why do you want to be rich? To get your name in the paper? No, so you're in control. I can ride in whatever car I want to. Because I've got millions of dollars. I can buy whatever house I want to because I've got millions of dollars. I can help anybody else I want. You've got complete control over everything in your life. So you're really not after money. You're not after millions. You're after the kingdom and the rulership that Jesus brought back for you. And that will give you access to everything you need. Then when you learn the kingdom of God first, even though you get millions, you'll funnel millions. Because God is a giver, isn't he? He isn't a keeper, praise God. And some people, you know, who are funneling and doing the work of God have mansions and they have guard gated. Praise God for them. If that was their heart's desire and that's what they want, but if mine's a little three-bedroom, two-bath house with one-car garage, 1,100 square feet, then leave me alone. Because success is not how big your house is. It's not how big your car is. It's not how much money you got, praise God. Most people with big houses and big cars basically are stressed out anyway because they're trying to pay for them. Come on, right? So you're all stressed out, and then you get sick. Why? Because stress is the number one 
Number one thing that causes sickness and disease in your eyes, you're all stressed out, and you're stressed here, and you're stressed there, and you're trying to do this, and you're trying to do that. Relax. Seek first the kingdom of God. Learn how it operates. Learn how it goes. Find out what you're supposed to do and simply follow the directions of it. All these things will be... How many know there's no stress in that? Can I go a little deeper this morning? For years and years and years, I thought that basically the army of the Lord was me. And then I started reading the Bible, and I found out the army of the Lord, all the songs we sing, all the things we write and everything else, you're not the army, you're a citizen of the kingdom. And citizens aren't part of the army. Citizens get protected by the So I'm not the army of God. And then I started reading where they're coming to get Jesus, and he's not panicking at all. They're coming to crucify him, and he says, hey, man, I could click my fingers. There's going to be 60,000 of these warriors coming down here. Just kick your little behinds, praise God. He's talking to the king, and the king says, don't you know I can put you to death? Don't you know I can put you to death? He said, hey, I could call on some of my defenders. I'd take care of you in a matter of seconds. What's he talking about? He's talking about angels, ain't he? So as citizens, we have an army, but we're not the army. Our army are angels, praise God. And those angels are there to be commanded by the citizens to do. Let's just go in the natural realm. In a natural realm, if somebody's robbing my house, how many of you know I'm not the army? I'm not the policeman. I'm the citizen who has legal rights to pick up my little telephone, dial 911, say, get your hiney over here because this citizen is being attacked by somebody. And how many know they'll put the sirens on? Man, they'll jump in that car, put the sirens on to be coming to you just as fast as they can. Why is that, praise God? Because they, you're part of a citizen of a United States, just like you're part of a citizen of the kingdom of God. Prayer basically is just calling 911 sometimes. Send them, bring them on here, praise God. Send them on down, glory to God. And we come out of heaven, you start slapping the snot out of everything, praise God, hallelujah. See, you're army, but see, we want to fight, don't we? I'm part of the army of God. I'm going to fight and fight. I'm going to take on the world, praise God. Come on, devil, come on. You don't have to fight anybody, praise God. First of all, the devil's defeated. You have power over sin, and you have an army that's going to support you any place you go, anything you do. They're supposed to be there, praise God, to make sure you don't even stub your little toe against the stone, praise God. If, if you allow them to fight. Now, if you want to fight, have at it. Have at it. Have a good fight. But it's not going to work that way. So what is it? And, and I mean, even read Ephesians about the armor of God. How many have ever read about the armor of God? Amen. It says you put on the helmet, you put on the breastplate, you put on all this stuff, and you get it all ready, and then it says, now go fight like crazy. No, no it says pray. <laughs> Dial 911. See, I'm saved. I got the truth on here. Hello? Yeah, heaven? Little issue down here. Yeah, could you just send a couple of them down here? Oh, you got 10,000? Okay, that probably would do it. Go ahead and send them here. Here they come down. Why? You're a citizen. You have rights in that kingdom. As a kingdom citizen, you have rights to protection, just like you do in the United States. You have rights. I mean, when you see wars in other countries, you're sitting on your couch eating cupcakes and drinking pop while they're over there fighting the fight for you. You're not jumping in your thing and rushing over there, are you? You're a citizen. You have people, an army who's going to take care of you. And in the spirit realm, you have an army. I'm telling you what, that would take care of you. Now, what does this bring? Peace. Say peace. Look, look at this. Look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. Of the increase of his kingdom and peace. Say peace. peace. <sighs> Say it again. Peace. peace. Why do I have peace? Because I got an army. Yeah. Why do I have a peace? Because I have not only sought the kingdom of God, but I know my rights 
in that kingdom of God. Notice, healing is a right. Yes. To a Christian, it's a hope. Mm -hmm. To a kingdom person, it's a possession. Yeah. God has already paid for it in your life. Health has already been provided for you in your life. It's already there. Prosperity has already been given to you in your life. So what happens when a symptom comes? And a symptom comes, it's a legal, it's a legal government. Say legal government. Legal. So if somebody's trying to take something from me, trespass from me in the natural realm, I would go to the court. And I go to the court with my evidence. Hey, this belongs to me. And praise God, this is what I got. Now, how many know feelings and emotions won't help you? See, religion's all about feelings and emotions. Oh, I felt it. I just felt like I was touched by God. Well, what changed? Right. Anything changed? You just get touched. If you touched you, something should have happened. You should have a little more revelation. You should have had something leave. You should have had something there. But you go to a court of law, basically, and you put down your evidence. Hey, here's, here's my contract. I bought this house. There it is right here. It belongs to me, and it's mine. And the judge <laughs> plants it down. And it doesn't matter if the other person comes up and says, well, I really needed a house. Oh, my God, that's why I took it, and I think I should have it. Judge say, I don't care what you say. I, I deal in justice and law. Do you understand? I'm not your feelings. So go out, gather yourself, get back in here, then you're going to lose the house anyway. That's the way it is. God deals on justice, too. Religion deals on feelings, emotions. Oh, God, please help me. I'll do this. But God's a judge. He's a king. Yes. See? So what I do, I take my evidence for him. Hey, you know, I woke up this morning, you know, there's feelings in me, and I just don't feel very good. Let me tell you something, sir. Your word says that he sent your son to take stripes for me so that I could live hell. Yours says, forget not your benefits, and one of your benefits is divine healing. So that divine health belongs to me in Jesus' name, and that's just the way it is. I settle my case right now, praise God, and that's the end of it. Not, oh, I'm getting sick and sicker. Lord, I'm going to get so, so sick. See, that doesn't work. It's a government. Do you understand? It's not a feely, emotional, religious type of thing where you're trying to manipulate God to do something for you. No, God got everything done before you even had a chance to manipulate him. Isn't that wild? He went to the cross, paid for your sins before you had a chance to ask him. He healed your body before you had a chance to pray for it. He said he'd supply all your needs before you even asked for your needs. That's why the Bible says the Father knows what you need. Why? Because he's living way out there, and you still way back here. <laughs> See? You're in his past. He's already covered this area. You're just walking out what he's already done for you and what he already did for you. So when you move into the kingdom of God, you get divine rights. Say, I have rights. I have rights in the kingdom of God. And whenever you approach God as a legal person, a citizen, and a member of the family, how many of you are also a son? So not only, praise God, are you have legal rights, you've got family rights. Jesus is your big brother. Hallelujah. And big brothers take care of little brothers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here I am. I've got these divine rights. They belong to me. They are mine. And when I approach the government the way I'm supposed to approach the government kingdom, I get results from my prayers in your life. I've got more results from my prayers in the first 10 minutes than I got in 10 years with religion. Because God wants you to come to that. He wants you to come. He wants you to come boldly to the throne and obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. Why is that? Because all this stuff already belongs to us. It is a possession. You are a citizen. How many of you are allowed to own a car in the United States? Why is that? That's your right, isn't it? How many know you're allowed to get a passport? Okay, you can do that. How many know you can own your own home if you want to? You can do All these are legal rights, basically, and you don't have to do anything to get them. You've just got to know that you've got them and enforce them and take care of them. And when you get into the kingdom of God, all these things are yours. There's not something you have to strive for, like religion told you, or fight for. If you want to get wet, jump in the water. You don't have to pray first. Lord, when I jump in this water, please let me get wet. How many know when you jump in the water, the water wetness is a result of you jumping in the water? 
Well, the result of you getting in the kingdom is health, peace, joy, prosperity, all these things because you are now a kingdom citizen and all these things belong to you. Now, that's what it says. His government is on the increase and it will never end. Say it will never end. Now, that's good news because in the world today, if you watch the news on TV, you think we're losing. You think, my God, we're losing. We're losing Christianity. We're losing kingdom. We're losing everything else. But he promises here that his kingdom is ever increasing and it will never end from increasing. That means that Buddhism's losing. Come on. Every other ism out there is losing because God's kingdom has been on the increase and will be on the increase. And here it says, why? The zeal of God. Say the zeal of God. God is excited about his kingdom. He's excited about it growing. He's excited about the next one that receives Jesus and moves into the kingdom of God. He's excited about the next one that gets an opportunity to understand what the kingdom of God is and what their rights are and start enforcing those rights in their life. He's excited about that because he's got zeal. Say he's got zeal. So as you find out that you're a kingdom citizen, say I'm a kingdom citizen. Now, if, when everybody asks me anymore, they ask if I'm Christian, I say, I know I'm a citizen. Makes 90% of them mad. But you, you can answer any way you want to, but I've got I to train myself. Do you understand? I've got to train myself. Some Christians can be citizens, but most citizens, you know, most Christians don't know they're citizens. They just think they're Christians. Basically, which has become a religion with every other religion. I mean, when they re- list all the religions on TV, Christianity's right there in line. And they're supposed to be different altogether. So I'm a citizen, so I've got divine rights. And when I enforce those divine rights, I get results. Hallelujah. Go to Mark chapter 10. I remember a long time ago, we were going up north, and we were traveling with our little kids, and... uh, we were going to drive halfway up because that was enough for the little kids. We were going to stop at a hotel. So my wife booked a hotel halfway up that we were getting there, and we started out. And, of course, this kid's got to go to the bathroom. Then he's got to go to the bathroom again. Then he's got to eat. Anybody knows how that goes? And pretty soon you're about five hours behind your regular thing. So you get there about 3 o'clock in the morning. We pull in. I'm whipped. We go in. And they say, sorry, there's no rooms left. I said, what? There's no rooms left. We gave them all away when you weren't here at midnight. I said, but we bought that room and everything. I'm sorry, I don't have a room. So I went back out of the car. I said, do you have a confirmation number? She said, yeah, she gave it to me. I went back in. I said, hey, I've got something called a confirmation number. That means that I have a room in this hotel. I don't care if you have to build one. I don't care if you have to buy another hotel. I don't care if you have moved this house into a suite. I've got something called a confirmation number that gets me a room. Guess what? They found me a room. See? And you got the same thing. You got a bunch of confirmation numbers right here. Bless God. It says in here, by his stripes, I'm healed. It says in here, I'm full of the Spirit of God. I don't care what I feel like. This says I'm full. I got a confirmation number, praise God, right here that tells me who I am and what I can do, praise God. All right. Mark chapter 10. All right, Mark chapter 10, look at verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him 
that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more the great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Wilt thou that I should do for thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, when we read Isaiah chapter 9, it said that Jesus, the son of David, was coming back with a government upon his shoulders. Notice, what got this guy his deliverance? What got his healing? Notice, he knew kingdom. Notice what he says. Jesus, the son of, son of a king... Jesus, the son of a king, which makes him a prince or a king. Jesus, the son of a king. I'm coming because I know you're a king. I know because kingdom rights. I know because I know that the kingdom works. So in son of David, have mercy on me. And notice, there's a multitude, it says. People everywhere, shouting, screaming, pulling at Jesus. Jesus walking around. All of a somebody says, Jesus, son of David. He said, my God, somebody knows something about the kingdom. Praise God. Where is he? Bring him, bring him to me. Bring him over here. And uh, shut up, shut up. That's what they'll tell you in the kingdom. I'm healed from the top of my head. Shut up. You never know. You never know. I never sin. Shut up. Everybody has to sin sometime. That's just the way we do it. No, you know kingdom. You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know what's there. So blind Bonermanus knew this. Jesus, son of David, you're part of the, I know the kingdom, I know it. And Jesus got over there, called him out, even though they didn't want him to call out. No, there's a whole multitude there. Doesn't Jesus love them? Didn't he care for the rest of those people? What kind of God is this that won't heal the multitudes there? The ones that don't know about the kingdom and their rights in the kingdom. Didn't get it. You see? Hallelujah. Another one. Remember the, the woman who was bowed over? Couldn't get up? Jesus says, Ought not this woman who is a child of Abraham be set free? What happened? She knew covenant. She was part of the covenant. She was part of Abraham's blessing for all these things. So Jesus, what happened? He healed her. Why? Because of the covenant, because of the relationship, because of the kingdom. They got kingdom results. Now, the, the, the Christians don't go after kingdom. They go after sympathy. They go after praying the right prayer. How many ever pray a prayer then wonder if you prayed the right prayer? I mean, when you're really in a stressful situation and you need finances and you pray and I'll get I used to get done and then I'd say, well, maybe I should have said in Jesus' name. So let me do it again. Lord, I need these finances right now. I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Well, maybe I should have said it a little softer. It makes it sound like I'm really trying to bug him. If I, Lord, give me the finances in Jesus' name. Well, that's too sweet. The devil's never going to listen to that. So, I mean, before you're done, you don't know how to pray. You don't know how to do anything. But when you've got legal rights, come on. When you get to be an older person, they give you something called Social Security. How many know that's a benefit? That is a benefit that belongs to you. Isn't that right? Of course it is. Praise God. It's a benefit that belongs to you. Now, notice, if you came first third of the month, fifth of the month, tenth of the month, and all at once it didn't show up, you'd say, well, all things work together. You never know what the government's going to do. No. You'd wait about two days, and you'd say, hey, you owe me a check, bless God, and I'm going to get, oh, yeah, we'll get it right out to you. You wait another week. Well, I guess they just forgot, and we'll just leave it go this month. No, you get back on that phone. You may drive down there this time, and you say, hey, I got me a benefit check coming that belongs to me, and I'm a citizen of this United States, of this government, and this government promised me this check, and I want this check right now because it belongs to me. Well, it's the same way in the kingdom. You have a king. You have a government. You have rights in this kingdom government. They belong to you. 
You get it simply because you are a citizen. Say, I'm a citizen. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Do you have protection? Yes, but you are not your own protection. You're not responsible for that. You have angels who do that. It's promised in the word of God. If they protected Jesus, they'd protect you. And I mean, he had 60,000 at his disposal, it said at one time. I don't even need that many most of the time. But what is it? And each angel, if you look at them, they've got different responsibilities. When somebody needs help in a battle, you never see Gabriel show up. You see Michael show up, don't you? Whenever you need a message given to somebody, you don't see Michael show up. You see? See? They've got their own rank. They've got their own positions. Got their, it's just like a military. Person. If you need a tank, you call here. If you need a bomb, you call here. If you need this, you call. There's all different divisions. Praise God. Are the angels up there? Whatever you need, you can call for. Praise God. It belongs to you because you are a kingdom citizen. Say, I am, I am. a kingdom citizen. Kingdom. All right. One more. Go to Luke chapter 4. Getting a lot harder to get done at a decent time once I get gone on this stuff anymore. So, I heard somebody's stomach growl, so we're going to come to a close now. <laughs> or that might have been from that roaring song we did earlier, wasn't it? God's not dead. All right, Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 42. And when it was day, Jesus departed and went into a desert place, and the people sought him came unto him and stayed with him, and he should not depart from them. But he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I what? Say, now people all over the place, you go talk to them, why was Jesus sent? Well, I just believe he was sent to do this, I just believe he was sent to do that. Well, let's see what Jesus said. Jesus said, I must preach the what? I must preach faith. I must preach joy. I must preach this. No, I must preach the kingdom of God to other people, for therefore that is why I'm what? That's why he was sent. So what did Jesus come to do? Not only introduce the kingdom, bring the kingdom back, but open the door for you not only to come in the kingdom, but then he demonstrated the kingdom. Watch Jesus' life. Whatever he did in his life, you can do in your life. And I'll tell you what you'll start doing. You'll start breaking rules. You'll start breaking natural rules, basically, that 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 been working for years and years, but they were natural rules, and now you're living in a rule above. You see? He, he comes up, and his disciples are in the boat, and they've been fishing all night, and they got basically nothing. So what does Jesus do? He says, I'll tell you what to do. Go out into the deep. Well, everybody knows you don't go in the deep to catch fish in a net. You stay in the shallow end. He says, let down your nets on the other side of the boat. Well, they always fished on the other side of the boat. Why should they move the net to the right side? Don't even make sense. They should fish in daylight. Nobody fishes in daylight. The fish can see the net, praise God. So everything that he told them to do was against their natural rule and natural law, but he saw something different because he was a kingdom thinker following the Holy Ghost. They set it down ahead so dang many fish, they almost drowned. But everything they did was wrong. Every rule that they did, go and buy food for these people. Well, there's no McDonald's around here, Lord. Jesus said, no, let's do this kingdom way. Just take what you got, break it, and let's see what happens. They broke it, and they fed 5,000 people. Can you imagine that? I mean, you got one TV dinner in your fridge, 5,000 people show up hungry, and all at once you're feeding everybody, then you're taking up leftovers? How I many know that's not natural? That's not a natural rule. Hallelujah. But kingdom will take you above the natural financially, relationship-wise, spiritually, in your business, in different areas of your life, and you won't do things like everybody else did. See? 
when we first got in the ministry and we saw this building and basically every church that I knew was renting some little building someplace and starting their church and we found this place. I praised God and God said, buy it. I said, you don't understand. Everybody's renting. All the churches are renting these little buildings and they get it because they can afford it. He said, I didn't ask you to rent it. I told you to buy it. Well, that's not what we do down here. You know, we do it. And I don't think he cared what we do. And I don't think he cared my opinion. So he said, you buy it. So we bought it. Was it a good idea? At times. <laughs> How many know when you hear the Spirit of God and the anointing's on you and you do it, there's a time after that when you think, my God, I hope that was God. When you're in the anointing and your wife's saying, are you sure that's God? You say, yes, yeah, yes, I'm a man of God. And then after you go in real deep debt to get it, you're thinking, God, I hope I was right. I'm going to lose house, church, wife. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes you step out of that anointing that's there that's telling you what to do, and it doesn't feel quite as good as it did when you were in that anointing. That's why sometimes when you get hands laid on you up here and God speaks something to it, you need to do it right now. Because if you don't, you won't do it. You'll have time to think it over. Figure it out. See if it's the best thing to do for you. See? And once your natural mind gets in there, it'll kick you out every single time. So as you hear the Holy Ghost speak things to you, and you know his voice by now, just do those things. They seem impossible. Let me tell you what, they are in the natural realm. But in the kingdom of God, they're not impossible. Because once you hook up to heaven, you've got resources to everything that you need up there. But you've got to get them down here basically by the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you, who is your connection with there. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Let me just say, first of all, this word needs to get out. You've got other people you know are out there struggling, falling apart, not doing anything. My God, get them the word somehow. Get them online. Get them someplace. We want everybody living in the kingdom of God. That's what God wants, praise God, to grow in these things, to live happily, to live in peace. But you've got some seeking to do. But you've got a good promise, don't you? If you seek, you will. Well, if you don't seek, guess what? Ain't going to find. I can, I can feed you something, but then you're going to have to chew on it. You know, I'm just the waiter, praise God, and the cook. You're the E.D. Hallelujah. And then we hit you up for tips at the offering. Praise God. That's the way it works. Hallelujah. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for wisdom and knowledge in your kingdom. You said that wisdom and knowledge in your kingdom and in your word is more precious than gold and jewels and all that kind of stuff, Father. We thank you right now for the increase of your government in everybody's life, the increase in their finances as they follow you, the increase in their relationships, the increase in their health, their increase in every single area of their life, Father, as they seek you and pursue you. We thank you, hallelujah, that all things are added unto us. We don't have to fight for them. We don't have to struggle for them. We just relax and enjoy 
pray the kingdom citizenship that you gave us. Holy Spirit of God, we love you. We thank you for living on the inside of you. We will not ignore you anymore. We'll not forget about you anymore. We'll listen to your voice on a daily basis. Just lead us and guide us in the area that we need to go. Continue to show us the way. Angels, I lose you right now for every person in this place. You just protect them all this week. You stay in front of their cars, at their homes, wherever they are needed. And every single one, I release you right now to protect every single person, their children, and their relation. In Jesus' name, you go to work. Hallelujah, right now. And we thank you for it and give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 All right, praise God. We will see you Wednesday night. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.